Today on Locked On A's, we are talking about the A signing Kevin Crone to a minor league deal, Mason Miller in the AFL, and then we're wrapping up with the A's search for a bench coach because uh, theirs is gone. So who are a couple of names that could be in line to take over as Mark Kotze's right-hand man? Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 488 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about the A's signing Kevin Crone to a minor league deal. We're also going to get into Mason Miller in the AFL. And there's also something that he said when he was here on the show yesterday that I found very interesting. So I'm going to I'm gonna mention that for you guys as well. Also, go listen to the Mason Miller interview. It's fantastic. Uh, if I do say so myself. And then we're going to be talking about Brad Osmus uh, departing for... Other pastures, you can't get much greener than the Oakland A's. They're one of just a few professional teams that actually have green in their color scheme. So it's not going to be greener pastures. It's just going to be other pastures. So Brett Osmus going elsewhere and where the A's could look to fill in his spot on the bench. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making the Lockdown A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where this is being played currently. So go, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's great stuff over there. We have 501 followers, subscribers uh, over on YouTube. So uh, go be 502 or, you know, a thousand. However you want to do it, go to the YouTube Hit subscribe and then make sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, uh, just uh, join our Twitter community at Locked On A's. Pose a question in there. I will answer it here on the show. And also make sure to follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook so you never miss an article over there. It's my new venture with uh, and affiliation with Sports Illustrated, just covering the A's, giving you guys more A's content on a daily basis. Just doing some writing as opposed to speaking. So uh, go do that. Anyways, let's talk about Kevin Crone, who the A's signed to a minor league deal and... You might be asking why, and that that's a fair question, because he hasn't been great uh, of late. He hasn't even been in the pro ball of late. He's been over playing in Japan and in Korea, and he didn't really light up the world there either. He's also going to be a, he's gonna be 30 by the time opening day rolls around, so why? 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 Well, the, the answer to the why is that the last time that he had a great season was 2019 in Reno with the Reno Aces in AAA as a member of the, the Diamondbacks system there. And uh, let, let me read off some stats for what he did in that season just a few seasons ago, just 2019. He hit 331 with a 449 on base and a 777 slug. He nailed, nailed. He hit 38 homers. I like that. I like that one more. Uh, and this is all in 82 games played with the Reno Aces. That's a good stat line. That's a triple-A stat line. I know the Pacific Coast League is a band box. All of the, the... The balls fly out 
in the Pacific Coast League. We know this, but I think that the determining factor here is that his coach, his manager that season was none other than his father, uh, Chris Crone. I always want to make sure that I get the right one. Uh, Chris Crone, because there's three of them, um, Chris Crone was his manager that season. Chris Crone is also the A's assistant hitting coach now. So could he potentially help unlock his son as his son comes back to the States? That is an interesting question, and that is some upside that uh, I'm intrigued to see. I, I, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm intrigued to see it. He's 30 years old. What, I mean, what, what's the worst that could happen? It's a minor league deal. It's fine. So uh, let's go over how we did in Japan and in Korea, though, because it wasn't great. Uh, in 95 games in Japan, he played in a couple of different leagues, but it was the same team. So I'm not sure how that works, but 91 games, two different teams. He batted a total of 239 with a 296 on base and a 433 slug. He had 15 homers in 95 games. That seems lackluster because he played more games than he did in the Pacific Coast League. And uh, he, he hit less than half of the home run total in a lesser league, I believe, or at least even competition. Uh, so that's not great. And then the, K the KBO, which I think is like double A by comparison, he hit 222 with a 255 on base and 11 home runs in like 60 games. Um, not great. Not a great line that we're looking at here. Maybe uh, he's been selling out a little bit more to try and hit more home runs because he, he really in fell in love with how that felt with that 38 home run season in AAA. But whatever the problem is, I feel like if anybody can fix him, it is his father, Chris Crone. And Crone the Younger, as I'm going to call him from now on, Crone the Younger uh, is going to be... He's going to be interesting. And I think that it's going to be very easy... Not easy, but we'll be able to tell fairly quickly whether or not he has unlocked something new. Uh, if he gets off to a, a fast start uh, or if... You know, he's not getting those numbers yet, but this one thing stays true, and that is his strikeout rate, when he's going well, sits in the low 20s. It's between 20 and 23% generally. I believe in the uh, 2019 season, it was like 20.9%. So he's, he doesn't strike out a ton when he's going well. Uh, in his brief stints in the majors uh, in both 2019 when he had been going well and also in 2020, he was striking out roughly 35-36% and he was also striking out a bunch when he was overseas as well. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on because when he's going well, he's not striking out as much. So keep an eye on his strikeout rate come 2023. He's probably not going to make the opening day roster, but he is an interesting depth piece uh, or maybe, you know, he goes absolutely bananas and maybe he's the starting first baseman on opening day and Dermis Garcia is in AAA. I don't know. It's intriguing. I'm intrigued. But uh, that's that's the deal with the signing right now is what's going to happen? Can his dad unlock Kevin Crone for another season? Make him like a trade candidate or I don't know, maybe, maybe. The A's want to hold on to him because he's got, you know, lots of control left. Uh, why not? And see what they can do with him in a little bit longer of a window. You know, kind of like the, the Brandon Moss thing. Uh, do, do do the Brandon Moss with Kevin Crone. That's that's what we're hoping for here is doing the Brandon Moss thing. So that's, uh, that's Kevin Crone signing in a nutshell. And I'm intrigued. I'm not expecting a lot, but I'm intrigued. He is 30 years old. We'll see how it goes. And no shade towards anybody over 30. This guy approaching 40, so that's <laughs> not great. But 
Kevin Crone, I'm intrigued. Um, also, CJ Crone, uh, uh, his his brother, and I, I guess we can't call... No, they're all uh, Crone the Younger, I guess. They're, doesn't matter. Uh, Chris Crone is the coach. CJ Crone is one of his sons. Kevin Crone is another one of his sons. And CJ Crone is currently with the Rockies and potentially trade bait. And I said at some point, uh, once the offseason had began for the A's, that... Hey, maybe CJ Grone could be a guy that the A's go and target as like a, a buy low candidate that they might be able to flip at the trade deadline. And in true A's fashion, they did kind of do the thing that I said, but they got Kevin Crone instead, who is definitely a lot cheaper. So kudos to the A's and kudos to me for kind of getting that one, uh, but also not at all getting that one. I was going for the guy with way more upside, but hey, this is a very nice buy low candidate, and uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. But coming up on the show, we're talking about Mason Miller, who uh, he's opening some eyes right now, and if, if you don't know who Mason Miller is and you want to get to know him, or you know who Mason Miller is and you want to get to know him more, I talked to him on yesterday's podcast. It's up on YouTube. It's in your podcast feeds. Go go listen to that one, too, because he shines some lights on some things, and we're going to get into the things that I did not know that I am very intrigued to now know about stuff. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, but today's episode is brought to you by... Oh, no. Uh, Bet Online. There we go. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. There's hockey, too. There's hockey. They, they never write hockey in here, but hockey, I don't know if it's a big betting sport, but hockey is there as well. And if you love sports podcasts, you'll find more of those at Bet Online as well. You like sports and podcasts? Sports podcasts? Bet Online. Basically, anything you ever need. You, you need an Amazon fresh order? BetOnline.com. That's a joke. Don't do that. that, that that's not real. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they have been rated the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And you can head on over to the website or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online. That's where the game starts, my friends. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On A's. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. Also, make sure to follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook so you never miss an article over there. Uh, that's where I do writing, and it's in affiliation with Sports Illustrated. I like the site quite a bit. It's a fun time. Go check it out. There's a, in the show notes, you can check it out over there. And also make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. There is always content coming fresh over there. If you like these episodes and you haven't checked them out on YouTube, come see my face. It's, it's there. So there's that. Uh, also, uh, today is election day. And I didn't, I'm not trying to hide it. I actually thought that this was a, a visible spot. Um, but it's uh, election day, so hopefully everybody went out and voted. I'm not going to get into who you should have voted for or any of that, but on tomorrow's show, as long as uh, races have been decided, I will go into how the election results from both Nevada for the governor and also locally for the city council and mayor in Oakland, uh, how those could impact the Howard Terminal project and you know, the A's moving to Vegas and all that stuff. So we're going to get into that uh, as soon as the races are finalized. But I am hoping that, that is Wednesday's episode because that's what I'm planning on. Anyways, let's talk about Mason Miller because he has been fantastic. And 
Anybody that throws 100 is noteworthy, and the A's haven't had a lot of those guys, especially guys like Mason Miller, who also controls where he's throwing the baseball, and I love it. So, let's talk about Mason Miller. Today, on Tuesday, he wrapped up his AFL stint. He had his last outing of the Arizona Fall League. Uh, he went three innings, gave up two hits, one run. He didn't walk anybody, which is not uncommon for him, and he struck out six. Uh, two of those strikeouts were of Mason Wynn, who was a, a Cardinals prospect that I would like to see in the A's farm system, but uh, yeah, apparently Mason Miller already figured him out. Mason. Ma yeah, they're both named Mason, but they're spelled differently. Anyways, and also uh, another one of the strikeouts was of Jordan Walker, the Cardinals, I believe, top prospect, and uh, he's really, really good. So yeah, he's striking out the entire world right now, and good for him. But uh, Mason Miller gave up a solo home run to Parker Meadows, who is a Detroit prospect, and also uh, is the brother of Austin Meadows, who is... I believe still on the Detroit Tigers after he got traded uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays before the 2022 season. So, uh, hey, the the I was going to say the Parker brothers, but it, their last name is Meadows. So that didn't work. Anyways, Parker Meadows uh, took him deep. And then uh, he also gave up a double to Zach Veen, who is a highly rated Colorado Rockies prospect. Those were both hits in the third inning. So, But he also, I believe, finished out his outing by striking out Mason Wynn, proving that he is, in fact, the best Mason. <laughs> uh, I need to tweet that. Anyways, uh, so he finished the Arizona Fall League with 16 and two-thirds innings pitched, nine hits allowed, six earned runs allowed. He walked four batters. Four. Just four. He throws 100. He touched 101 today. He, he walked four guys the whole time. And uh, he struck out 20. 20 guys. So... He's striking out a batter in inning against some very highly rated prospects and also only walking four guys. Um, it, I haven't done a deep dive, but it seems as though the long ball could be an issue. Um, I mean, he gave up the one, one of his two hits was, was a run in itself. Um, but I, I, it's one of those things that like Randy Johnson uh, had happened to him. Mark McGuire took him to the, the, the furthest home run that I think a lot of us had ever seen was like, so high up at the kingdom, um, like fifth deck, something like that. It's because Randy Johnson provided a lot of power, and then Mark McGuire was also on steroids. So, yeah, that, that stuff happens uh, when you throw hard. So uh, I'm not necessarily worried about it because you got you to gotta touch them first. Uh, that's, that's the hard part. So squaring them up, that's the tricky part. And then whatever happens, happens. But let's talk about the thing that really not blew me away, but I it opened my eyes a little bit that he mentioned on yesterday's podcast. Uh, I asked him about pitch tunneling, and I was like, this is going to be a nerdy question, and I'm sorry about that, but let's talk about pitch tunneling. Is that something that you're doing, or is that something that the A's don't really do in general? Um, and he was like, I think that it's a widely accepted principle, actually. It's not really... He didn't seem like to think that it was that nerdy. He was also a finance major and got a, his master's in finance, so maybe... He's not the guy to ask about nerdy things. I don't know. Uh, that's a joke. Ha <laughs> uh, Just because I found finance so hard. Anyways, um, yeah, he thought that it was uh, just a, a commonly used thing, and it probably is. So maybe uh, we should talk about pitch tunneling a lot more since it's something that every team does, uh, seemingly. Uh, but he said that pitch 
in my understanding of pitch tunneling, and if you're not familiar, it's you want all of the pitches that you throw to follow the same plane, that, the same plane as far as they can until they break off in different directions. It's something that I talked about a little bit uh, when I was saying that Adrian Martinez could use a, a two-seamer because he could have three pitches that go in three different directions and that would work out very well. Um, you know, if you watch Pitching Ninja and he, he does the overlays, it's stuff like that where you, you see them and then they just split off in different directions. That is the key to pitching in some realms. And so I asked him about pitch tunneling and he gave me an answer. And um, the, the key for pitch tunneling, according to him, and I had not thought about this, is accuracy because you need it to do the exact same thing every time or else you're going to be giving away what pitch you're actually throwing if you throw you know a, a heater up and then a curveball down um, it, you can get predictable if you're pitch tunneling too much and uh, that's something that I actually had not thought about so kudos to him uh, there's more in the pitch tunneling discussion but you know go check it out obviously uh, he also said that you could use some of that stuff against the hitter which Hadn't thought about that either. So uh, very enlightening conversation with Mason Miller about just pitching and just him in general, uh, growing up in Pittsburgh and doing all the things that, you know, a young guy does when he's on the mound throwing 100. But uh, coming up on the show, we are talking about who could be the A's next bench coach. Now the Brad Ausmus is seeking other pastures. So we're going to get into that in here in just one sec. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. If that platform is YouTube, uh, subscribe there and then leave a comment or a thumbs up or something like that because it helps the algorithm and it helps other people like you find us. And uh, that's that's nice and swell. So uh, please uh, also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I have a by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, join our Twitter community and uh, pose a question over over there and also make sure to follow inside the A's at inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook. So you never miss an article uh, of A's content that, you know, we're producing. And I say we're loosely, I have one writer and they're fantastic, but uh, we're um, anyways, let's get into the A's bench coach situation because Brad Osmus has left the A's bench. Um, and I, I didn't think that he would, I, I, I that was a lot of mumbles. <laughs> I would have been surprised if Brad Ausmus was sticking around for 2023. The A's are not going to be making him the manager anytime soon. Uh, it almost seemed like this was kind of a favor. I don't know that it was, but it, it seemed like a favor because uh, Mark Hatze was his, it was going to be his first year as manager in 2022. The A's brought Brad Ausmus in, a guy with years of managerial experience, uh, to be Mark Hatze's number two. And so he did that. He got, you know, Mark Kotze settled. Um, and I, I liked that addition because he was a, a decent manager. He didn't seem to do well. His teams were never, like, good. But uh, I don't know that that was necessarily his fault. I think he was given kind of crappy teams. So, uh, and he had them performing above expectations. So that was something that, uh, you know, I talked about in the offseason. So there's that. But also, um, I think that he was probably a good sounding board for Mark Kotze. Um, because he has that experience and he'd be like, Hey, I I'm thinking about this. How should we go about this? And Brad Osmus has that experience where he's, he's a good sounding board for those things. So uh, it kind of stinks that he's going, but you know, I also have no idea how he was as a bench coach or any of those things. Uh, reports are, I, I believe it was John Heyman that said it, that he's looking for a front office gig somewhere. He's apparently been in front offices before. So 
sure, I guess, cool. Um, good luck to Brad Osmus. He seemed fine. He didn't cause a ruckus. He, he wasn't written about like he was in Detroit or uh, with the Angels, so... He seemed to do okay with the A's, and that's good. But uh, I also don't know that he's going to be getting a manager gig anytime. He's in his 50. He, he might get a manager gig later. I don't know. Bruce Bochy just got another one, and he's like 80. I don't know. So let's talk about who could be next for the A's bench. Um, there are two names that I know. There are plenty of names that are on other teams. I don't know who those are because uh, I don't know who's available right now. I don't know who's on the market. It, it doesn't matter. So there are two names in the A's farm system right now that could theoretically become the next A's bench coach uh, because, you know, hey, why not? They're already on that track. So the first one is AAA manager Fran Reardon. Uh, he's been with the A's for quite a while. He has managed Beloit, which is no longer a team. Um, he also managed Midland and Las Vegas. So he's he's been up the ranks. He's done high A, double A, and triple A. He the, uh, a promotion to Oakland would seem like the next fit. Um, I mean, obviously, it depends on whether or not he wants to be in Oakland or whether or not he's happy in Vegas and doing all that stuff. Uh, personal choice matters in that one a little bit. But it, he would make the most sense because of the career path, I would say. Um, and, you know, it seems like he wants to be a manager, maybe, at the big league level, but uh, maybe not. I Maybe he wants to be in the big leagues, maybe he doesn't. That's going to be the determining factor for Fran Reardon. Uh, he's well-liked from what I've read, so that's that's good. And also, uh, for both of these guys, uh, I'll tell you who the other one is, too. It's uh, Midland manager Bobby Crosby, who has been in Oakland before and might be a, a nice guy to have there. Everybody seems to like him in AA. All the, all the players seem to love him a lot. And uh, having him in Oakland with a very young roster... Maybe a good thing because, you know, he had to adjust as the next guy after Miguel Tejada. He was the hot prospect. And, uh, you know, he had to go through some trials and tribulations and it was not an easy going, you know, an, an easy road. He dealt with injuries and that experience could come become invaluable to a lot of guys that are going to be on the A's roster in 2023. So uh, that could make him a good candidate for the spot as well. And also, you know, for being in the system and knowing what the A's do, he was a teammate of Mark Kotze for a number of years there. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that could work. They could have a nice rapport. Bobby Crosby makes sense because of that. But both of these guys have been in the A's system and would be familiar faces for guys coming up through the minor leagues, uh, like a guy like Zach Galloff. If he makes the, he also went deep today in the Arizona Fall League. There's that. Um, if Zach Galloff got brought up, or Tyler Soderstrom, or you know a number of guys that have gone from Double uh, A to Triple A, or you know if they've stopped in either Double A AA or Triple A at this point, uh, they've seen these guys. They are familiar as with these guys as their managers, and having them in Oakland could help ease the adjustment period for any of the prospects that are brought up. Because, uh, you know, you might see Mark Kotze uh, a little bit during spring training if you're, you know, a non-roster invitee or you're getting an extra, an extended look during spring training. But he's focused on the big league guys. He's taking a look at some guys, but he's not going to give the, the minor leaguers as much of his time because he has to try and get his 26 guys ready and find out who those 26 guys are. That's his job. And so having a guy like Bobby Crosby or Fran Reardon uh, could, could be a good thing. To be like, hey, yeah, so uh, I, I also know Bobby Crosby. Let's go talk to him real quick and be like, hey, so I'm, I'm thinking about this. And, you know, I, I got this thing on my mind. 
I think that that could be a good thing too. But um, there's probably going to be some other candidates that are viewed from outside of the organization as well. Uh, I no idea how bench coaches work uh, in in regards of bringing them in from a an outside source. But uh, I think that those two guys would probably be pretty good for the job. So those are those are my picks. I'd probably pick. I mean, Fred Rudin's had the career path, and he's been with the organization for longer. But I think that Bobby Crosby, that that uh, specific experience, could could lend well for where the A's are going as well. So eh, toss up between those two guys. I'm not going to make a pick. Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today on tomorrow's show. As as long as uh, the results are final, we're going to be talking about uh, what the election means for the A's and Howard Terminal and Vegas. So that'll be. Uh, either a very fun or a very disheartening episode. Not enjoying it. Uh, also, uh, real quick before I forget, just in case I forget to put it in tomorrow's episode, uh, Libby Schaff was doing an interview on a podcast, and uh, she said that the the grant that Oakland and the A's are waiting on to see how that's going to go, uh, the federal grant should be decided by January, which is not that far. And that is a hard deadline, not a hard deadline, but, you know, it's a, it's a deadline that is soon. So we could have an idea of what's going on around January if the A's get that grant. So, hey, we'll see. The timeline's still very much in flux. The, the deadline is essentially the end of 2023, unless the A's make an announcement that they're going to Vegas before that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on right now. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So... Uh, thank you so much for making Locked On as your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It is a fantastic program, and it goes from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. We have so... There's like, what, 330 million listens this year or views, but combined listens and views, that's an, an insane amount. So thank you guys so much for listening and viewing uh, uh, any of the Lockdown products. Uh, Lockdown Sports Today is available on this app, on YouTube, or wherever you guys get your podcasts. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So tomorrow we're talking politics, sort of, in regards to Howard Terminal. We're going to keep it at that. I'm not going to say party names or anything like that. I'm just going to say, yeah, th this guy may do this. <laughs> uh, and we're going to keep it very apolitical here because uh, we just want to get you Howard Terminal news. That's, that's the goal of this show is to stay mostly apolitical and uh, give you guys just the information and then you can decide what to do with it from there. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans. I'll talk at you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>